I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Nine to Michael Coles, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal. You can follow him on Twitter at C. All right, DeMichael, let's, let's get into, I kind of want big picture f- from you. When you size up what you've seen the whole season from them Grizzlies, how do you evaluate them at this point in time? I think overall uh, it's it's a better team uh, potentially than, than last season, but we haven't seen them play at their peak yet. I know right now, you know, it's a 10-game win streak. Uh, they're playing uh, really good basketball, but – We've only seen, I think, probably two to three games where Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and John Morant have all played, you know, well. I think Steven Adams is pretty consistent in what he does. Uh, Dylan Brooks, as long as, you know, he's not taking, you know, more shots than Ja and Dez, uh, defensively, he's pretty consistent every night. So, I think right now they're in a great spot. Uh, this is definitely what I think is a better, better start than some people may have thought when you know, they sized up the DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson's loss. So I think overall they're in a really good spot, and, I mean, they look good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is interesting how they're on this 10-game win streak, potentially tonight have the chance to tie the franchise record against Cleveland, and yet, you know, most of the games have been blowouts against not great teams. We haven't seen right. them play a lot of the best teams in the league that much yet this year. They played Boston pretty early in the season. They played Brooklyn before they made the coaching change. They obviously got the big win over Milwaukee. They played Dallas once, but it was like a schedule, you know, it was like the second night of a back-to-back, I want to say, and Dallas had a couple days rest. That was really early in the season. They lost the one game they played to Denver. They lost the one game they played to Golden against Golden State. Haven't played the Clippers um, so it it is going to be interesting to see how they size up, uh, especially here over the next, it feels like over the next month or so, the schedule's going to ramp up again for the first time since that kind of Christmas lull. I don't know. What, what was the word we decided on Jeffrey for the, the well, Christmas we time? We didn't want to lose swoon well, felt too, too excessive. I, I think it was a humbling. Yeah. The Christmas you know humbling. Yeah, uh, whatever that Christmas time humbling they got, but it does feel like they, in a weird way, took advantage of it. Like it does seem like they've grown from that. Like it was important that they went through that. Um, what do you think they? What's left for them, to Michael, to kind of achieve that peak level, if you will? Uh, you just you just need that continuity with everyone playing their best basketball uh, consistently, and for that to happen, I think. 
you just got to be picky with these guys' games now. You know, at the end of the day, we know Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing at a defensive player of the year level, but you need him to be more consistent on the offensive end. You're seeing the force he's playing with, right? This is the most force we've seen him play with in terms of, you know, finishing around the rim, uh, being aggressive and taking those shots and getting to the basket. Now you want to see him do it consistently. Like tonight, prime example, you're going against Evan Mobley, who's a bigger guy who can block some shots, well, taller guy, shot blocker, great defender. Uh, if Jaron Jackson Jr. has a great offensive night against a player like this, this is the type of matchups you want to see him win. Uh, Desmond Bain kind of in that same uh, realm. He's a great shooter, right? He's a great, you know, mid-range shooter. Let's see him take it up to another level defensively. Let's see him, you know, be more efficient around the rim. Desmond Bain right now, as great as he is as a, as a three-point shooter, his finishing is leaving a lot to be desired. I think he's in the 13th percentile right now on clean the glass finishing around 51% of his makes around the basket, which is, you know, 13% pounds. It's not really a good number. So uh, you just want to see those kind of little small increases of play because they're, they're definitely really good right now. But I think if you want a, a team to win a championship, you got to become picky with their games. You remember when Steph Curry was this great shooter, uh, they had to be picky about his strength. And now he's super strong, and he's finishing around the rim with the best of them and things like that. So, yeah. Well, and remember, he was like a total liability defensively, and now he's, he's not a yeah. great defender, but he's like an adequate defender. Exactly. Yeah. He's not a liability anymore. So it's, it's those little things, right? So you, you need the Grizzlies to kind of make those marginal wins. I don't think they have to go out here and make some, some big trade. I think the starting lineup is good enough, right? You got a lot of guys who are really good at what they do. Dylan Brooks is one of the best wing defenders. Steven Adams is one of the best rebounders in the NBA. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the best rim protectors. Uh, Dez is one of the best shooters, and Josh is one of the best players, period. So you've got guys who are great at what they're, do, what they're doing. So you put all that together with Tyus Jones being one of the best backup point guards, uh, Brandon Clark giving you instant offense anytime he's in the game. Uh, you just you, you would hope, you know, Zaya Williams continues to play really good basketball. I think they have enough. It's just those marginal gains uh, you need to, to make. It's nothing, you know, I think that's like over overbearing that they need to do to kind of like dramatically change things. I'm not sure they would have made a trade at the deadline anyways, but the way Zaire has played the last couple weeks where it does seem like he's much closer to the version of Zaire Williams we saw at the end of last year, do you suspect that development will ultimately cinch – like? I just don't expect them to make a move at the deadline in a couple of weeks. What, what do you I, think? I, yeah, I, I don't either. And I think Zaire is a big part of that. But you know what I want to see, Mark? I want I want to see what Danny Green looks like. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we mentioned last week he's in 5-on-5s now. So he's getting closer. One thing that stood out to me when I was talking to Taylor Jenkins about uh, Danny Green's pro- progress was they're watching film of him from, from Philadelphia – uh, pre-ACL energy, I mean pre-ACL injury, and and monitoring like his movements from then and comparing it to how he's moving now, and and that's that's going to be the big thing with him, right? Uh, you know he's going to be able to shoot the basketball, but the deep defense has been yeah. one of his biggest calling cards. That's why he's still in the league. A lot of guys can shoot, but defense is why he's won championships. It's why he's been a starter on championship teams. If he can come in and he can play. Danny Green type defense that we've seen, you know, over the course of his career with 40% three point shooting. I mean, he doesn't even have to shoot 40% like he's done over the course, 37%, 37, 38% three point shooting. I think he's an immediate upgrade over John Conchar, who a lot of people in, you know, the Grizzlies nation kind of beg to shoot the basketball. And Danny Green is 
last year he spent half the season coming off the bench and still averaged over four three-point attempts per game. And, so, and when you looked at his numbers last year in the playoffs, he played well yeah. for Philly last year before getting hurt. He, in the, he wasn't great in the regular season last year, but when the playoffs came around – he he had some games, and that's what I feel like. That's what you kind of need out of him is like, right? You know, in a series like two games where Danny Green hits like four three pointers and swings a game in the second or third quarter or something like that. Yeah, because we didn't see a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in that first round of the series, the first round the Grizzlies were carried by Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark. Tyus Everyone gave him else. some of that. Tyus was really good in that Minnesota series, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Tyus was good in game six, I think it was. He he made some big shots. So good that they were three. playing. It was. I, like, I felt like he was good in the Minnesota series, and then he had a tough series against the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with the Warriors series, right? Ja was playing well, and then Jaron came on later when Ja got hurt. But, you know, Dez kind of, you know, was dealing with the back soreness and and stuff like that. So, yeah, a, you, a guy like Danny Green's been there. I mean, he, you know, you, we saw what he did when he set the finals record for uh, three-pointers made in the series and things like that. Like, he's not going to shy away from those moments. And at the end of the day, I just think, you know, John Conchar has, has been pretty good. But mm-hmm. that's, that's your internal upgrade uh, right there if he is the same type of defender. You know, if he's a if he's kind of a, a slower a diminished version on the defensive end, then we're having a, a different conversation. But if he comes back and he's able to guard twos, threes, you know, point guards, think about it because he'll be playing on that second unit. Yeah. And Tyus Jones is not, not a great is, defender. He's not a great defender. And think about, you know, against second units, if you're able to hide Tyus Jones while you let Zaire Williams and Danny Green guard those, you know, guards and guard those, you know, uh, better matchups, the second unit can becomes much better defensively, and that kind of, you know, helps the team overall. Now, what, you, you know, they haven't given us a firm timeline on Danny Green's return. Um, right. What's your vibe? Do you think we'll get a look at him before the trade deadline on February 9th, or do you think – I know they're saying he's closer, but do you think we're going to get a look at him before the deadline? I think so. I think so. I don't. I don't. I, I don't suspect it. Maybe this road trip. I mean, that would because he's doing five on five, and you look at the other guys when they did five on five, it was within a week uh, they all were back. So it's a you know it's a little different with him, and I yeah. would expect longer I mean, term injury. Yeah, exactly. So I would expect probably you know if not the road trip early February. Definitely mm-hmm. ahead of the you know the deadline, so I mean he he definitely should be back uh, you, soon, and they're gonna they're gonna get a good chance to see him before that deadline. You know what you know what a decent sign of like uh, he's close hasn't been doing as many impromptu television appearances. It feels like yeah. in recent weeks, well, and I feel like most of the podcast content, most of the podcast content is more basketball specific, team mm-hmm. specific. Not big picture. Listen, I thought that recent podcast where he was basically like begging the Grizzlies not to trade him. (laughs) He wasn't begging. He was telling. Yeah, he was. He was basically giving the rationale for why he shouldn't be traded. It was fantastic (laughs) stuff. Uh, I appreciate it. It means he's all in. He 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 likes being here. You know, I think when when he first came here, there was the whole thing about you know Andre Iguodala and a vet and and all that. And Danny Green has kind of been the opposite. You know, when I. When I talked to him about the TV thing, uh, you know, a few months back, he was telling me how, you know, the young guys are, are, are keeping him young and, and he's enjoying it, right? So uh, I think it's, it's good for him. It's a great situation for him. Danny Green's been on a bunch of different teams. And I think he's, he's enjoying it because at the end of the day, he has another chance to win a championship. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm curious. You brought up Jaron earlier, 
And there's this, uh, we talked about it yesterday on the show. I'm curious your thoughts. Um, this, I guess people are, some some media members, local media members, social media fans, social media chatter, if you will. Because, you know, Draymond brought it up on his podcast. And then yep. Zach Lowe and Jeff Van Gundy brought it up on a podcast earlier this week. It, you know, in praising the Grizzlies talked about, well, you know, one of the things they need to, you know, one of the worrisome things is Jaron Jackson Jr.'s foul trouble in the in the postseason. And there's been a lot of pushback from people who watch the team on a regular basis, local media, local, you know, local right. diehards on social media. Like, hey, that hasn't really been an issue this year. Like, his his low minutes is either a function of, you know, an unannounced minutes restriction which might be the case, or they've just been blowing out a bunch of teams. And reality is it's only happened in a few games this year where foul trouble has really been an issue for him. And I think they're right. Like, he has gotten significantly better in that. My response, though, I actually am curious with the pushback because, in you know, the Grizzlies have only played a handful of games that truly felt like close to playoffy, if that makes sense. You know, like really yep. intense games. And two of them felt like they were the Denver game and the Golden State game. And foul trouble but in yep. both games proved, I think, really contributed to those losses, Jaron's foul trouble in those games, because they're just a different team defensively without him. And I, I think both sides are right. Like, one, he has gotten significantly better at it. Two, though, until he does it in the playoffs, when I think like teams like Golden State will go target him and try to get him in foul trouble... Like, it's going to be a question people bring up. Where are you at on that whole discussion of Jaron's fouls, if you will? Yeah, I mean, you're you're right on. Uh, you you took the words right out of my mouth, uh, Mark. It's, I, I wrote about this, actually, in my in my last uh, recap when I was talking. In my last recap, uh, I talked about how the Grizzlies are kind of like playing themselves out of a couple of these negative stereotypes that the team has. And, and the most important one to a lot of people is that with Jaron. And in the story, I pointed out that if you remember the Christmas game, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was trending on, on Twitter. So I'm clicking it. I'm seeing what people are saying. And all of it is like foul jokes. Like it's mm-hmm. jokes about Jaron Jackson Jr. being in foul trouble. And in my mind, I'm thinking the dude's averaging like a, a career low in fouls. But you, the reason that everyone on national level is having that conversation. And, and the reason that's still a thing is because basically in the big games, he has been back in foul trouble against mm-hmm. Golden State when everyone was watching, when he had the chance to show these guys, hey, uh, I've cut down my fouls and whatnot. Uh, he was in foul trouble a lot. Even if you go over his last 15 games, last 15 games played, uh, that game against Golden State is his lowest minutes played over his last 15 games and then you mentioned the other game against Denver that's his second lowest those are his two lowest uh amounts of minutes paid played in his last 15 games and you know those were arguably two of the biggest games that the Grizzlies have played over this stretch so I think that's pretty much what it's come down to you know yes he's proven that he can kind of limit the fouls a little bit more and I think it's more of how the Grizzlies are using him too but we're watching, you know, Dylan Brooks, I think, is having the best defensive season of his career. And what Dylan Brooks is doing is we saw him guard Larry Marketing. We saw him guard Zion Williamson. In theory, these are more matchups predicated from a size standpoint to Jaron Jackson Jr. 
but the Grizzlies are using Jaron kind of as like a help defender. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, lurking in the wings and he's blocking all these shots coming from the weak side and things like that. And that's kind of allowing him to kind of stay out of the one-on-one ticky-tack fouls when guys do swipe throughs and things like that. So that's kind of helped him too, Dylan Brooks picking up those assignments. But yeah, it's going to be a big deal until he proves he can do it, you know, against those bigger teams and those bigger matchups. I think also the other thing about Jaron this year is, number one, he's, Mark and I talked about this yesterday, he's clearly bigger, like just bigger, stronger, like he's clearly put on more mass. But I think the biggest difference that I'm seeing is I don't feel like he's letting something that maybe happened on the offensive end, you know, like when he would think that he would get hit and, you know, out of frustration. I don't feel like he's having as many frustration, silly fouls this year. And perhaps maybe that's also related to him being bigger because maybe he's not getting pushed around like he did, you know, in the years prior. He's doing more of the pushing now. Yeah. He's definitely doing more of the pushing and, and he's noticing it, right? There are times where uh, we're, we're watching a game and he'll like duck, duck down to the basket and he doesn't get the ball. He'll like throw his head down, like with some frustration, like, you know, that's what you want to see. He, he's definitely, you know, showing more of that aggressiveness in those types of situations. But like I was saying earlier, now you want to see him do that consistently. Do it against Draymond Green. You know, do it against Evan Mobley. You know, tonight. Like, you know, it's different when you do it against Paulo Banchero, who is 6'10", too busy, but he's a rookie. Like, do it against these guys who've kind of made way in the NBA, you know, as, as, as these big-time defenders. Because if you want to get to the finals, you're probably going to have to go against Aaron Gordon who's a really good defender. You're probably going to have to go against Draymond Green, who is, you know, all-league defender, and, and, and those type of guys. Those are the type of guys he's going to have to show his offensive improvement against. DeMichael, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, DeMichael. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.